Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to this week's edition of the Insane Things Podcast, where we wrap up the most important stories of the week, the most insane stories of the week, with a special emphasis on things that we've never seen before that could change the country or the world forever. Let's jump in. The week kicked off with warnings from the TSA and the Border Patrol. Two separate federal agencies at the management level, whistleblowers warning they're planning to go full-blown COVID lockdown again, but gradually. It's supposed to start, both agencies said, sources inside them anyway, with masks in September, then social distancing and more lockdown features by October, and then full-blown lockdowns if they can get them. By December. Pretty ironic that they intend to start this whole thing. And looks like they're going to get their piecemeal bit by bit because they're right. If they did it all at once, people would resist. Little bit by little bit, they want to go. Funny that they want to start with masks. Here's why we learned in the beginning of the week that pretty much everything the CDC and the National Institutes of Health told us about masks was fake, and they knew it. At the time, this is a bombshell, folks. And it shows that they weren't kind of confused or they've never dealt with this before, trying the very best they could with this science. Now, they flat out lied and faked the science to do it. They misrepresented medical research to advance their masking narrative. Let me translate. They knew the whole damn time masks didn't work, but they misrepresented medical research to advance their policies. Basically, lying through their teeth. We know that because of a Freedom of Information Act request that was finally complied with. It was by something called the Functional Government Initiative. Anyway, they'd gotten tell of a letter written by Michael Osterholm. He's an epidemiologist and the director of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota and seven colleagues. They informed the heads of these agencies they were promoting misrepresented medical research in data and excluding data that did not reinforce the narrative. The letter gets very specific about the lies and it's jaw-dropping. Basically, he said they misrepresented the evidence and gave the public false expectations that masking would protect them from COVID-19 and warned this is going to get people killed, which is exactly what I said the whole time. They had two concerns. Number one, that it would damage the credibility of the CDC. No one ever believed them again. I don't think anybody ever will. But they said there was another urgent problem that people were thinking masks protected them and their elderly loved ones 
And we're spreading COVID because of these lies. Naturally, both agencies buried the letter. But now we have it. They lied. And they're going to lie again to try to get that mask on your face. I think they feel they really need a visual to scare people about the pandemic. If you can't see it, it's not that scary. But if it looks like we're living in zombie land, it's scarier. Plus, it's a sign of submission. And they love that. But more than anything, if they're going to commit mass absentee ballot fraud, again, they're going to need an excuse for all of those blue county boards of election directors to violate and suspend the law again. That's where the COVID comes in. And the mask is the sign of it. It wouldn't be a serious pandemic unless they were lying about masks, would it? So that's how the week started. By the end of the week, we were here. Three school districts across two states once again closing their doors, cutting, citing, I should say, recent outbreaks of COVID-19, strep, and the flu just two weeks into the semester. Children in Kentucky and South Texas are back to remote learning today, while classrooms are and buses are sanitized. Closures come after the CDC warned about the possibility of a triple-demic this fall. Here we go again. COVID mandates are making a comeback. Rutgers University in New Jersey is requiring students to wear masks and be vaccinated in order to attend classes. Some California and New York hospitals are also bringing back masks, and even Hollywood studio Lionsgate is telling workers to cover up. But is this really necessary? Do you think people will fall for this again? I mean, they're not going to fall for it in the right half of the country. But the left half, the blue half, I think they'll be all over it. And the problem with that is Congress is going to want to print trillions of dollars more. Insane thing, number four, comes to us from the Federalists. Our first glimpse of what their climate policies would look like if they ever get the upper hand, if they ever get the climate emergency that they want so badly. And we're demanding, by the way, in the wake of that Maui fire. Headline, these 14 American cities have a target of banning meat, dairy, and private vehicles by 2030. It's called C40 Cities Climate Leadership, and it's terrifying. Because it gives you a glimpse into how far the left intends to go. The 14 cities that have pledged to do this by 2030, by the way, are Austin, Boston, Chicago, Houston, Los Angeles, Miami, New Orleans, New York City, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Portland, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and Seattle. I mean, this assumes anybody still lives in those cities by then. But they intend no meat, no dairy, no personal auto ownership, zero One short-haul return flight every three years per person. So you don't even get to fly there. You only get to fly back. I guess that's the vacation allowance. And my favorite part, because you want to see women riot, try this. Quote, three, just three clothing items per person per year. In other words, they want the serfs to walk everywhere and live in rags. Nearly 100 cities across the world make this up. And you got to wonder, if you're not going to eat meat and you're not going to eat dairy, what are you going to eat? Conveniently, they don't say. Insane thing number three. An update 
on the Mexican cartel's conquest of American territories, and now it turns out American supply chains. They're robbing American retailers blind. For details on how, with nothing to stand in their way in lawless blue areas, the Mexican cartels that flooded over Biden's open borders are now robbing major retailers blind at every point in the supply chain, from the shipping containers to the warehouses to organized theft crews that do something that looks like shoplifting. I'm not going to recap all that here. I put it in a podcast on August 10th called Mexican Cartels Just Took Control of Another Part of America. But you can see the devastating impact of this. In an investigative report at the time, the Washington Examiner reported, quoting the Department of Homeland Security, that in a single year, these theft operations, which are really international organized crime that's come over our borders, stole over $90 billion in a year. $90 billion from our retailers. Well, here's the update to that. It's shocking. Folks, I don't know what these investment houses are going to do. You know, the ones that decide like, hey, all indications are Dick's Sporting Goods is going to have a great quarter. I mean, its sales are up 3.6%. Let's buy it and add it to the fund. Let's tell our individual investors to buy it. What could go wrong? And then guess what? 23% drop In profits, that was the story this week. What? Quarterly profits down 20... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 23%. Despite sales rising 3.6%. What caused it? Quote, organized retail crime and our ability to effectively manage inventory shrink. In other words, they got robbed blind by the thugs coming over Joe Biden's open border. Folks, this is an absolute attack. And it demonstrates the desperate need for our supply chains, uh, over 40% of which come out of California and Washington because it's, you know, all Asian production. They're going to all have to be moved to red states, probably given where the ports are, Florida, South Carolina, and Georgia. That's going to add an extra two weeks and a lot of expense onto our goods. But we're losing control of these blue territories in ways we don't yet fully comprehend. But I got to wonder, even moving these supply chains to red states, which is going to become absolutely necessary. The cartels here and their appetite for the goods, the billions they're used to getting this way. I don't wonder if it's going to take a military style response, even in red states, just to secure these supply chains as stuff comes off you know, the docks, the shipping containers. I mean, folks, we're, we're going to need an armed military response on the ground in America. It's going to get that bad. This week, the CEO of Target addressing the same thing in the Wall Street Journal used the word unsustainable. The level of stealing is unsustainable. Now, understand that's also shoplifting, too, because of the moral decline of our country and the fact that the New York Times pushed this idea that it's okay to just take stuff and not pay for it because it's all insured anyway. So you might as well steal it because it's not really like stealing. So that mentality has infected half the country. And you're seeing that in the bottom line, too. I don't know what we do about that. Folks, you're going to go into a time, and Fox Business was addressing this, 
where literally you're only going to be able to buy online in blue areas and maybe other parts of the country too. I don't know how else you deal with this, but it might work out okay. Given another staggering trend, I've been documenting here on the Battleground Podcast. Headline, New York Post. And insane thing number two, New York loses $1 trillion in Wall Street businesses as firms flee the city. Number one destination is, of course, the free estate in the union, Florida. 56 of the firms went there. So this could work out conveniently. I mean, we might just have all the firms and all the supply chains relocate for protection to the red states. Folks, I'm not joking. Both protection that allows you to do things like walk to work without getting hit over the head and not have your supply chain picked clean by Joe Biden's cartels. Nearly 160 Wall Street firms have moved their headquarters out of New York since the end of 2019, taking nearly a trillion dollars. Yes, that's drilling with a D in assets under management with them. That's according to data compiled by Bloomberg. And this after Reuters broke the stunning story a few months ago that the financial center in terms of dollars of the country has always been Northeast, mainly New York since the founding. That has never changed until the last three years. Now it's Florida. Understand what that means. And it's really good. Wall Street donates 80% to Democrats and liberals look down their noses at everything Florida is doing, including kicking Disney's ass for trying to force this woke culture on the schools and the state. So Florida's doing things on their terms. And yet they're still the number one destination for a group of people, Wall Street businesses that donate 80% to who? Democrats. Look, I know some of these Wall Street leaders are liberals. I get that. I think a lot of them, though, are not particularly political. I think what they're paying when they donate to Democrats is a sort of mafia-style protection fee. Be a shame if something happened to that nice business there. You know, we control the SEC under Joe Biden. Yes, I get it. I'll write a check. Or why are you donating to Republicans? The SEC might be very interested in your venture. I think they're moving it to Florida. By the way, office space cost a third in Florida of what it does in New York, too. So they're just like, forget it. I'm gone. So... What you're looking at is a shrinking map of the United States. That national divorce everyone keeps talking about, it's happening. Want to pause here for a sec to thank our sponsor, PhD Weight Loss, for sponsoring this podcast. I just hit a major milestone. Eight months. For eight months, I've kept off the 29 pounds I lost on the PhD Weight Loss plan. The furthest I ever got on my own was 19 pounds lost, and I gained it right back. To take all that weight off, get to my ideal weight, and then meet Tina for eight months, I would have told you that was impossible before PhD weight loss. But you can do it too, from any state, when you take advantage of their PhD at home weight loss program. Weigh in, meet with your coach. All the great things that I did, you can do too from wherever you are. It's super convenient. I'm in maintenance now, and I just had a session with my coach yesterday in my pajamas from the comfort of my couch. Needless to say, I didn't choose the video option. I didn't want anyone to see me, but that's what I love about it. You can do it anytime from anywhere. You can fit it right into your schedule. To find out more, go to myphdweightloss.com. That's myphdweightloss.com. Okay, back to the podcast. 
But there's still one problem for all these companies like Dick's who are going to want to clear the planted cartel workers who were robbing them blind out of the shipyards, out of the warehouses, out of the transfer facilities. The Democrats clearly plan to force these companies to hire and retain illegal immigrants. Wait, what? Yep. And they're starting with Elon Musk. Our site hasn't figured out the significance of this yet. It's daunting. Oh, my gosh. So here's what's happening. Headline, Department of Justice sues SpaceX, Musk owns that, for not hiring asylum seekers and refugees. To make this short, Musk actually tweeted, well, I can't hire anyone unless they have a green card. But he forgot an obscure part of the law, the asylum law. That says you can't discriminate against them. Now, that was written decades ago to attract political defectors, mainly high value detection targets from the former USSR. We were trying to get engineers and physicists and people like that to defect from Russia and from China. It was a deadly thing to try to do. We needed big incentives. So when the bill was written for many decades, you'd get like half a dozen a year, maybe. And it was always big news. But to get asylum, you have to, by law, like your government has to be trying to kill you. Well, starting with Barack Obama, they just kind of reinterpreted that illegally. Now a large chunk of the 7 million that Joe Biden has let in have come in under the asylum law. 90% will lose their cases in court, but they won't be heard for 10 years. So what Joe is doing is he has launched an app and the app is really an appointment to break the law. You fill it out. They give you a code. You come through the port of entry. This is how he's he's hiding them now. But you get work papers because everyone is now presumed by the federal government, I think illegally, of being an asylee until their court hearing. Well, we've got a backlog of more than 10 years, which means, you know, those Chinese military age men that have been coming over, for instance, the border as illegal immigrants by the thousands. Guess what? Yeah. Elon Musk has to hire them now and let them take all their secrets straight back to China. And guess what? You're going to have to hire the cartel members too. organized crime just got the door thrown wide open by the Democrats and everybody else, too. The suit against Musk by the DOJ has massive implications, both for corporate espionage, which is going to happen. They're going to pick the bones right off these companies, but also for your regular run-of-the-mill illegal immigrant who now has a work permit given to them by the app that Joe Biden has them install on their phones before they even break the law coming here. In other words, they're basically being given the same status as U.S. citizens again. With job protections insured by the Department of Injustice. Insane thing number one. It goes without saying, it's the Trump mugshot. He's been indicted three times before now, but this is the first time he was booked by a common criminal. Here's what a lot of people may not know about Fannie Willis, the Fulton County, Georgia prosecutor who's prosecuting him. It's also what makes this mugshot and this indictment of Trump's entire crew so shocking. Here's legal expert Tim Parlator explaining on Fox News. This prosecution I look at, it is such an overreach. And, you know, to for her to try to you know, use RICO to step so far outside the bounds of what is her jurisdiction. You got to remember, she's a county prosecutor. <laughs> she's not a state attorney general. She's certainly not a Fed. She's only allowed to do what is in her county. She's using RICO to try and step far beyond her boundary. And if the RICO case falls, 
everything outside of Fulton County falls. Everything even in the state house falls because she's a county official. She doesn't even have jurisdiction over the legislature, legislative building, over where you know the phone call goes to Secretary of State. None of that is hers. The idea, which is novel here, that a county attorney can just drag the president of the United States and his entire legal entourage into her court and indict them is insane. Look, where I come from in North Carolina, we have 100 counties. Each county has a DA just like Fannie Willis. And I guarantee they're all chomping at the bit, these Democrats all over the country, to find some little excuse, uh, some jurisdiction. Heck, you could even use cell phone wires, um, you know, crossing your county as your jurisdiction to get a piece of Trump or whatever Republican you want at the national level so you could fundraise off of it. So you can tie the whole system up. We've never seen this since the founding. It's insane. If you are imprisoning your political opponents for political issues, you're a bad person. If you're cheering the imprisonment of your political opponents for political reasons, you're a bad person. Like, this is not funny. This is not cute. And you don't care about democracy either. I mean, the idea that they're protecting democracy. Certainly don't care about the health of the republic. This is really serious stuff, actually. This is how countries fail. When you, it takes a lot of work to uphold rule of law. You can't do this thing where you protect all of your political allies, no matter what they do, including not just questioning elections, but what we had from the Democrat Party and the media from 2016 to 2020 was a full-on resistance against that that's Molly Hemingway on Laura Ingram, and she's right. But don't forget the FBI and the CIA, Molly. Yeah, if ever a RICO statute was needed, it's needed for the Russia collusion exercise, the hoax. Trump immediately began using his new mugshot to sell on mugs and shirts and things like that, fundraising off of it, which he should. He should do it. Everybody on our side on Twitter got their copy of it and put it up as their avatar. Some people added lasers coming out of the eyes. Everybody's having a good time with this. But there's a problem. Legal expert after legal expert is telling our side correctly in almost every case that these charges are a joke. And they are in three out of the five cases. Trump could still get convicted, though, unfortunately, because these are going to be blue juries. But that'll be probably thrown out later. Unfortunately, later will be after the election. But Trump's got a big problem, and it emerged this week. Our side barely noticed, but they need to pay attention. Even Jonathan Turley, who normally says these things are a joke, is warning about it. Trump employee number four down in Miami retracted his testimony after changing lawyers. See, Trump had been paying his legal fees. Well, he rejected those and went with a federal defender, turned right around and said he lied under oath. So he's either got to implicate Trump or he's going down on a federal perjury charge. Folks, this may all look ridiculous right now, like overkill, like desperation on the part of Democrats. And I think voters can see through that with all these charges. But if he gets convicted on one before the election, and especially if it's by this purple Miami jury, which is overseen by a Trump appointed judge, it's going to make him a convicted felon on election day. It's going to be almost impossible to explain. It's going to make it look like the other 90 charges are real. So while our side may be laughing and swapping this 
mugshot all over the place. We should not laugh yet. This could end very, very badly. In fact, we got to keep in mind, we cannot win mathematically a national election, even a fair one, without the independents. We have to win independents running away. But 30% of them truly do flip either way. How do you sell them a convicted felon who's been convicted under a judge and by a purple jury? I don't know the answer to that question. But if the Democrats hit it just right, they could win the presidency and healthy majorities in the House and the Senate without even cheating. It could get that bad. I don't want to go there yet, but my foot starting to twitch over Miami. Watch it closely. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 